Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Megan has to hit record. Yeah, yes. There it goes. Okay. Okay. And we're backed up by Skype and Animoto. So we should be good. Animoto. I don't know what it's called. I don't know. It sounds like that Tamagotchi that people had in like seventh grade. <laughs> we should definitely I was thinking it sounds like the right Motorola there. thing. In the podcast. Just start at Animoto and then okay. Tamagotchi. Because bringing you the good stuff. Professionals in this. Uh, we might as well have listen, fun with it. as people heard before, when we like tried to get Megan to talk about important movies, we are professionals in talking about <laughs> '90s and early aughts um, uh, cultural touchstones. No, Jesse and I are. Yes, exactly. Megan, not yeah. so much. That's what we should do for the I public. Efficient in early 2000s. We should make a list of like important cultural moments that people need yeah the younger generation yeah yeah so they'll understand all our gifts and everything exactly that sounds like a perfect article for someone to do is to do like biggest soccer moments of the i don't know whenever pick a decade we can't just do can we combine culture and soccer because we got to get clueless and mean girls and all that in there yeah absolutely i'm just trying to make sure it fits with the site but sure things i hate about you has a great that is one of my favorite movies it's so good i went to school like a block from the house where (gasps) they lived well that's where we should open our soccer bar it really is. All right. We'll so, talk about that on our staff meeting. Okay. <laughs> so, Megan, what are we? And what are we doing here? I, I'm i not sure at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I don't so understand. That was a very Jessie. smooth intro. <laughs> Jesse, what do you think we're doing right now? Well, right now we are uh, just easily transitioning um into this i don't know something number of our unusual f pod 32 there you go see megan you had it see that um and we are soon going to talk about um black lives matter specifically in the sporting world and also um touching on i think where each of us is but I think we're going to take a moment just to talk about our weeks, how we're all doing. Did I do it? Yes. 
Yes. Great. So Jesse, how was your week? Oh. Um well. Uh missed you guys. You know what? I will be honest, my week was um my my week was I don't even know what adjective to use. I think um we have primaries tomorrow. Um there's so much going on sort of culturally and politically and nationally and globally and it feels um it feels really necessary and also overwhelming and like uh, like where we've been so often in the past 4 years like um i don't know how to balance feeling um optimistic enough to keep fighting and also remember that in the past four years we've, or in the past really like ever, (laughs) we've had these moments where the people have come out to say this injustice is unacceptable and then apathy has happened. So I think that's a really tough balance and I have been, um, I have been on Zoom (laughs) classes with my teenagers and we've done like the history of student activism. And it's something that I'm so sad that they are coming to realize and like seeing the weight of the world on their really young shoulders and hearing them feel overwhelmed and angry that the world is fucked up for them that we have not fixed it for them is just making me really sad so so jesse what can we do to cheer you up oh um well you guys are here which is amazing um i i think people you know like vote all the time um fill out your census if you haven't um, talk to people about what's going on. To vote if you're in another country. Yep. Request your absentee ballots. Um, and also, I think, you know, I think just remember that it's not all on everybody to fix it because that feels too overwhelming and then you don't fix it, but that is on everybody to keep doing a little bit of work all the time. That makes sense. That makes sense. I think it's, um, this is Kirsten, by the way. I think it's a little different experience here in Serbia because we have not participated really in the Black Lives Matter um, movement. We don't actually have a lot of blacks here that aren't sports stars, I guess. Um, so it doesn't feel the same. We were open so that the elections could happen, I think, yesterday. Our coronavirus numbers have shot through the roof. There are five Zvezda players that tested positive for Corona because they let the Derby be played with fans and no social distancing and no masks or anything like else. 
else like that. So I fear there's going to be a huge breakout from that and we're going to go back under curfew. Um, the great thing is I had physical therapy today and I probably sound a little out of it because I had to take some painkillers after it, but this was my first physical therapy that didn't involve just like magnets and electricity. It was actual stretching and tiny movements to try to get me back where all of my muscles actually work. So I'm hoping we don't get shut down because I really could use this therapy, but at the same time, I don't want to endanger the lives of all the Belgradians, especially, you know, like my own life, which, which sounds selfish. selfish. I'm sorry. No, it really doesn't. And I think that, you know, we keep saying this, it sounds so simplistic, but like <laughs> this global pandemic is really complicating every single thing. You know, it's complicating racial disparities. It's complicating inequities. It's also complicating what should be basic rights like voting. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, the reason that we think that the curfew was lifted, even though our curve hadn't flattened, was so that people could go vote, but our elections are staged, essentially. So it doesn't really matter that people went and voted. So that's the Serbia perspective. Megan, what about you? Um, <laughs> yeah, Megan, tell us about Missouri. <laughs> I mean, oh, our goodness. restrictions were lifted. It wasn't even the excuse of voting because our governor flat out said he didn't care if people voted um, to stay home if you want, if you <laughs> didn't feel safe voting. So we've got that going on. Um, ours was basically lifted because, quite frankly, they are more worried about the economy than actual people. Um, and so we're seeing a second surge in Missouri, um, especially in, I believe right now, like the hot spots in Missouri are like the Kansas City area. But also from what I'm aware of, Kansas City is getting a lot more testing now. So that could be somewhat related, but I'm not going to be one of those people who pushes it off on just the number of testing. It's they it was existing before well um, what i read was like both the percentage of the testing numbers went up which wouldn't happen if it was just because people were getting tested and it was also the states that opened up early when trump encouraged them are the ones that are getting hit harder but one epidemiologist is saying that this is more like an earthquake than like waves, that it's just going to be continuous with a couple, excuse me, a couple peaks and valleys along the way. Yeah, I think that one of the issues is there's so much we still don't know. We're so behind. And here, at least, you know, when you defund and de-staff the CDC, um, then, you know, you're handicapping your own base of knowledge. Um, so 
we would normally at least be, you know, contract tracing, mass testing would normally be able to help us predict the patterns and make predictions for next waves, but we did not do that. Um, we didn't do anything. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm I know. Yeah, I shouldn't say we, but yeah, no, it, it's, it's frustrating it's... to think that I can't go home for possibly till 2021 because of what the U S is doing. Yeah. And it's global. I mean, Uruguay is doing this incredible job, but they're bordered by fucking Bolsonaro in Brazil, who has just decided uh-huh. that like, you know, Jesus is going to protect everybody. And Jesus like, Jesus in Rio? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Literally the statue is going to create a force field. And I'm <laughs> like, I am just terrified for my country and my family, knowing that they're surrounded by this pandemic and I can't go visit them. <laughs> well, if it makes you feel any better, Montenegro is surrounded by the same pandemic. They shut their borders and they are not up on the wave. They're just keeping it contained. So if Uruguay has shut borders, borders. well, they, the problem is they can't, there's one border with Brazil way up north where the border is like a, a street. Falls? No, not Iguazu. Oh. It's um, it's it's like it's just roads. It's just streets. So people, you know, it's a very like porous border. So they, you know, it's like one side of the road you live in Uruguay. One side of the street you live in Brazil. You work in Uruguay. You work in Brazil. So they're trying, but it's like very difficult. Um, to keep that contained. So weird. Yeah. Because, like, you wave to your neighbor and your neighbor is in a different country. Resilient. Yeah. yeah. So um, it's very complicated. So basically, we need to get Megan out of Missouri. If we want to add on to the Missouri stuff, there's something else that I've uh, been dealing with a lot over the past few weeks and it's just this weird hard to describe feeling about seeing so many people say black lives matter when i'm gonna have to read this tweet from um someone that i follow who lived in st louis uh six years ago um which for those of you who don't know was um Ferguson, death of Michael Brown. Um, Courtney said, six years ago, it was subversive to say Black Lives Matter. In St. Louis, it meant you were involved in or supported the Ferguson uprising, which at the time was not popular in the mainstream. Now mayors are painting it on the street. Um, I think most symbolic politicians and symbolic acts like painting it on the street are symbolic at best, but it shows the power of continued work and making once subversive ideas popular. I hope the defund the police can do the same thing. Um, and Courtney really said it better than I could have because I've been struggling with it for almost a month now, um, of how to put that into words because 
I literally, I mean, I've had job interviews that hinged on if they figured out if the organization I put on there was related to Ferguson or not. Um, <laughs> because I've, I mean, some of the work that I did um, with student groups, we had St. Louis Students in Solidarity, which name can <laughs> sounded innocuous enough that I wanted to include all of the organizing that I had done. Um, and then they ask me about that and you have to try to wade through the minefield because in St. Louis, it's a very personal thing, not to say that it's not personal in other places, but especially in 2014, it was such a personal and divisive thing to say that it's just been kind of mind blowing to see what has happened recently. And that's an excellent intro, but I just have to say one thing, since I don't think people are getting messages out of, like, the Balkans or anything like that, um, and this is kind of a unique podcast in which I can say what's happening in this part of the world, and people think that there's 400 or more new cases per day, but the government is suppressing it because of the elections that are coming up they don't want anybody to know so that oh they just happened on the 21st yeah they they happened on the 21st and they were suppressing the numbers because they didn't want to stop rallies or stop people coming out to vote so it's you know just like sports are political apparently deathly viruses are political yeah i mean so public health is really being used um as a pawn i think and we saw that god i can't believe it's like only weeks ago but we saw that with who was being awarded contracts for vaccines, for PPE, um, but we're also seeing that with, you know, how elected officials are sort of having to maneuver their messaging or choosing to maneuver their messaging. Um, it's really scary and really frustrating. Um, and, and, you know, I think we're going to talk about police soon, but we're also seeing that with is, uh, the NYPD not wearing masks, um, making this a political statement, you know, making health political that somehow, you know, not wearing a mask has become this or, or wearing a like mask wearing is sort of um, a statement of uh, politics or or yeah. agenda. Um, That's definitely here as well. Yeah. Sorry. Keep going. No, I just, you know, um, this could go in a number of different directions, but, you know, the, the um, signs at the open Michigan or open whatever, or the, the, that say, you know, not wearing a mask, my body, my choice, as if like you're equating 
the right to it's have. It's not, though. It's the same thing as the vaccine. Right. Like, if you're not wearing a mask and you cough, and somebody who is wearing a mask somehow isn't wearing it properly, or they took it off to take a drink, or took it off to take a smoke, or, or they're whatever. immunocompromised. Yes, exactly. It's not the same. It's not just your choice, right? And because I a person that- who has an abortion, it's there, but that that abortion doesn't affect anybody else except for their body. However, yes, the person who doesn't vaccinate or doesn't wear a mask is potentially affecting tens to thousands of other people. So it is absolutely not it's it's the most cognitively dissonant of messages and it shouldn't be political but it somehow is. Everything is political. Right. Sports is political. Yeah. So let's get into that. I also want to say though that somebody I think it was the Washington Post um Asked, sorry. Don't be sorry. Um, the Washington Post well, I interviewed. Was rained on. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, we we do want to say that Kirsten is inside. Um, the Washington Post <laughs> asked a number of protesters um, in D.C. Um, black protesters why they were protesting at the height of the coronavirus, and they said that um, they were extremely aware of the racial disparities that um, black and brown people are more um, likely to die of the coronavirus in this country. But that was one of the reasons that they felt that it was even more necessary for them to be out on the street bringing awareness to the racial disparities in this country. I believe I don't have the statistics on hand, um, but I believe in St. Louis, the number of, uh, and I think this is city and county combined, um, last time I saw them, deaths from COVID-19 in St. Louis, it was seven times more likely, um, for a black person to die from it than a white person in St. Louis, which just mirrors our maternal health and infant mortality, um, which are also issues in St. Autoimmune Louis. Autoimmune diseases that nobody's yeah. taking care of, or even... Like chronic diseases, or yeah, yeah, chronic diseases. Um, nobody's taking care of. So, should we dive into sports? Yeah, I can't think we sat in that discomfort long enough. All right, sports, sports, sports. <laughs> the wide world. All right. Oh. oh my goodness. Don't worry, y'all. We're not just going to tell you about the week in every league. Yeah. About how poor Hector Bellerin just really wants to plant trees and nobody's letting him plant trees. We won't do that. Poor guy. Um, oh. Just let Hector plant trees. Okay. Um, so. Well, we're starting with Bundesliga, so it makes sense to start with Megan, right? Megan. <laughs> As she spits everywhere. I I, I don't even know what to say. Um, So I feel like as we're going to go as chronologically as possible, I think. 
um, uh, just two to weeks explain. Ago, yeah, yeah, just to explain how we're doing this um, and why Bundesliga is first. Um, part of the reason Bundesliga is first is because they were at the time were they one of the only leagues still or that had come back. Come back, yeah. Uh, I guess is the right way to say it. Yeah. Um, so they were actually playing as stuff was happening here, and then there are also protests happening in Germany. So we had a lot of um, different types of solidarity in the Bundesliga. Um, Bayern had on shirts and armbands, um, multiple clubs, including Hertha, Dortmund, Wolfsburg, Schalke, and Union Berlin. And Gladbach. Um, okay. I said multi- including. <laughs> well, you didn't see, say my team, so. Um, they were, they all kneeled um, before the games, uh, which is an interesting point if you uh, remember that the DFB has sanctioned players for protests multiple times, any type of protest. Um, I believe back in 2015, Anthony Uja got a sanction for um, wearing an I Can't Breathe shirt after Eric Garner's death. Um, And I'm trying to think of other examples of political sanctioning, but I can't off the top. I feel like there's been a there are a lot. <laughs> there Germany are a ton. likes discipline, and if you're gonna go against that discipline, it yeah, they are not pleased with you. So, the German Football Association uh, specifically came out and said they were not sanctioning players, and that they're free to show their support for protests over George Floyd's death. Um, Statements considered political or normally forbidden during games, according to the rule of FIFA, our favorite. Um, So they put it off on FIFA that normally it's FIFA. That's what they're just following FIFA's rules. But uh, (laughs) we all know. Um, And in the wake of all of this, um, multiple players have come out. I think one of the one of. My, I don't want to say favorite because obviously it's not my favorite thing to read. Um, but one of the most important articles that came out um, in the wake of this was Deutsche Welle um, had That's a site, an interview. Right? Yes, it's a news site. Um, Deutsche Welle Sports, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, uh, Jonathan Harding wrote it. Um, interviewed three black players in Germany about racism um, and the protests that were going on. And so we will link to that. Um, but just as like an overview, um, basically the players admit like it's still happening. Nobody's being punished for racism, um, even in is- Germany is still kneeling i know that much sorry to be um, so focused on gladbach but there's only so much room in my mind for certain clubs and i know that Terman's still kneeling yeah um but yeah so it 
it's still happening. They still have issues with fans. They have issues with posing fans. And as um, Nicole and Yomi, I believe is how you say her name, uh, put it, <laughs> I think she kind of put it past. Um, in Germany, the good thing is that something's being done against it. It's just not enough for the captain to read something before the game or banners or adverts with the words say no to racism. It's not enough anymore. Um, which I think kind of sums up probably a lot of our feelings about that particular campaign. Um, and then Jerome Boateng was also um, interviewed for this uh, piece. And he brought up concerns that he's brought up before. Um, he's talked about his experiences with racism growing up in Berlin. Um, so in the most recent game for Zvezda, Ben, who is from um, one of the groups of islands, I believe, off the coast of Africa, Comoros, um, he decided to use his goal celebration to take a knee. So it's absolutely not passing people by here. I just think if that um, with both of uh, the Serbian government and with Red Star looking for reasons to lower their um, payments to people, that they're a little nervous to take a bigger step. But Ben knows that because he's probably the best player on the team that he can get away with kneeling after a celebration and it'll be fine. And he, as far as I know, he wasn't public, um, punished for it. Sorry, I feel like I interrupted something by thinking my mic was off, but it was not. Continue. No, I think we basically wrapped up the Bundesliga. Um, just there, it's been interesting to see, and especially with more Americans in the Bundesliga, and that trend continuing to grow to see the influence um, that's happening there. Yeah, Whereas like Weston, right? Yeah, Weston McKinney um, has had a number of strong statements lately. Um, <laughs> he and where is he playing? Let's tell our listeners. Schalke. Where else? Okay. I don't remember right there now. I, my brain is fried. Okay. Yeah. But what did he say? Um, Oh my gosh, we need to edit it's that It's on uh, your document, Megan. And yes, he does play for Schalke. <laughs> we seriously need to edit that out, though. Um, no, no, no. <laughs> but, um... I'm gonna clap Tell you tell us what he said. Oh, he said, uh, we have to stand up for what we believe in. And I believe it is time that we are heard. And he also unapologetically called Trump a racist. So, so. I love that. You know what? I think it's really it's important that, like, ironic. we've it's talked about words ironic. matter. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also kind of, uh, 
ironic that he said we have to stand up for what we believe in when what they're doing is taking a knee. Yeah, true. And Okay. It's just funny to the person on the powerful painkillers. All right. MLS, maybe? Jesse? Ooh, okay. Um, sure. <laughs> because that Just happens quick, in America, and list. I know nothing about it. Yep. I don't understand. understand. MLS isn't playing MLS at all, so they must have done this stuff. I know, that's why I don't really know anything about it. Um, um, I believe it's mostly social media posts. Um, I, yeah, I do know that um, a number of the players have actually been there's a player who plays for FC Dallas who spoke about um racism that he encountered when he was playing in Italy and then when people said well at least that doesn't happen here hit back and said he's actually been stopped by police playing in Dallas um okay so Ale Bedoya um let's see right I'm I'm apologize for all of my mumbling here, but I know that things have been happening with like negotiating. So let's see what's happening here. Do, do, do. Megan, what's going on? So there's thank an you. article there. I saw an article. Um, oh, Megan, there's, <laughs> there've been, a, it's a lot of, um, were a lot of, social media posts i feel like that's been pretty widespread across sports um, oh i found it i found it but i, I think, think the most Dom interesting is a little jesse do you want to take it insincere well ali bedoya who last year we saw um use the the corner flag to shout do something about ending gun violence um praised the removal of the Frank Rizzo statue from City Hall, um, which is, yes, let's take down all of the racist statues. Let's include Mitch McConnell in that. Um, They even took down Teddy Roosevelt today. Yeah, because it's racist as shit. Um, Just keep going. Well, they finally figured Uh, that out. I know. (laughs) Um... And he called for changing in policing procedures. So this is great. Um, and he, Ali Bedoya, um, mentioned a conversation that he had with uh, union and co-U.S. national team player Maurice Adu, Um, and talked about how Maurice Adu has gotten pulled over and the police have talked to him differently than they talked to Bedoya. Duh. Um, And I'm sorry, I didn't mean duh on Bedoya's part, but like, um, this is really interesting to me. Um, So Ale Bedoya is the son of Colombian immigrants. My father's an Uruguayan immigrant, but he says he freely acknowledges that a passerby on the street would consider me white and acknowledges that the privilege that comes with that status and the responsibility to stand up for others. So this is something that we all need to... um, acknowledge and work with, I won't even say on, but work with, um, unless I am speaking loudly enough in Spanish that people can hear me. Um, I am the most innocuous looking 
person. I am small, white looking girl. So I think that makes me like the like human most likely to go by unnoticed. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, And I think, you know, rather than fight against it, I, I get to use my privilege in a way that like, it could be um, meaningful. And I really appreciate Alejandro Bedoya acknowledging that, you know, there is, there is privilege and power that comes with being white passing. And also I can't make this link go away, so I don't see what's under it. (laughs) Damn it. Jesse Marsh, you did something, but I don't know what it is. I know that there's a Dom Dwyer one, and to me it seems Oh, like that's hiding under the Bedoya quote, so I don't know what that is. It was written by his media people because it seems just so scripted. Like, growing up as a person of color in England, I was never treated a certain way because of my skin tone. Uh, I think English people would call bullshit on that. I think this also uh, is like the I'm thing that if it doesn't happen to you, it doesn't mean that it doesn't happen, right? Like just yeah, because you don't experience exactly. racism, sexism, sexual assault doesn't mean that it's not real. And saying that you didn't yeah. experience it sort of takes away from the from reality. Those who did. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I, I don't know if this is right to bring this up, but it's sort of like when a prominent figure is accused of sexual violence and somebody comes out and it's like, well, I know him and he never did that to me. And you're like, well, <laughs> okay. Um, and so can we go to Sydney LaRue, John Dwyer's wife? Yes, because I right? don't like what Dwyer says. <laughs> and because Megan... Can I add real quick yeah. before we shift? Um, uh, for those of you who knew, um, on Juneteenth, the 19th, um, the MLS, I don't not the totally MLS know if it was Bundesliga supporter. It's always just MLS. Well, no, I was about Unless to say the say MLS the Players Bundes- Association. Okay, the, the MLS players. I was in the middle allowed. of. I, I was in the middle of my sentence. Um, this is why they, we just need to introduce a bit of levity into these <laughs> difficult conversations. <laughs> Um, they formed the Black Players Coalition that launched on Juneteenth, um, which is the first time there is a players association specifically for Black players in the United States. That's, well, it might not be the first time in the United States. In professional, I'll say, in a professional league. Um, wow. As far as I'm aware. Uh, that's what the statement makes it out to be. I wouldn't be surprised if MLS wrote it that way and that's not true, but... We're, so I'm not saying that there are no other We didn't associations, have time to do research for this podcast, people. Sorry. Um, but they are specifically focusing on racial inequalities in MLS, um, fighting racism in soccer, elevating Black voices, and positively impacting Black communities in the U.S. and Canada, um, which is... Obviously, soccer is one place where there is a major issue um, with racial disparities in the U.S. And um, did you say it was so, black yeah. and brown, or just black? It just says Black Players Coalition. 
because I would think that MLS needs black and brown to work together, but I'm a white person, so I I I can't give that opinion. Yeah, I don't want to make assumptions. I'm assuming, though, that maybe this is for or with allies as well. I don't know. I just know that MLS has so many people from Mexico and South America that it feels like they should also have a coalition and they should work together and hopefully that will happen. Yeah. Um, Because I believe they're also working with the Players Association and the organization overall MLS on the issues. Um, And the coalition has secured $75,000 in charitable contributions from the Players Association. So I would say possibly that this is just opening the door for maybe more coalitions, specifically like four different marginalized groups. Um, And this happened to be the first one to come out. But is that, I don't know. It's hard to think, is that what people want or do they want a bigger coalition that operates like an umbrella because it's not like MLS is going to have a homosexual coalition because really no no one's come out while they're a player so it's pretty much it would just be like Latinx players coming together for right and Hopefully not white players coming together for anything, but unfortunately, I could see that. I think it's specifically just to focus on the issues that the black community is facing it right now is what their main goal is. Because it said they have over 70 members of the Players Association who have joined. So. Now, can I ask a question? There's, we talk about Black Lives Matter, and we know very well that certain Black lives are much more prone to be in danger than others. Yet, at the same time, we still have this problem in sports with Blacks, Black people, Brown people, White people, in terms of men coming out and saying I am a different sexuality so do we think that that's this will start opening the door to that sort of thing or is it just purely a racial inequality thing I think that sexuality with men is especially is wrongly but inherently tied to masculinity in ways that we need to start undoing on a like societal systemic level. Um, And I don't, although I wish, I don't think this will do it um, because I don't think this is the same sort of um, identity marker issue 
So you're saying that pretty much the LGBTQA plus community needs their own horrific. I think we did look look at Pulse, right? Like if that didn't do it. Well, yeah, we had the Pulse, but, but nothing happened. Right. Not, but not look, for it's, men it's, anyway. I think we need to do a lot of um, systemic work. I think we need to start, you know, we're doing it with kids, right? Like now, um, at least in our preschool, we're really intentional about the books that we have, the ways that we talk about um, consent and gender and um, bodies and sexuality, but that won't translate into like professional sports until these kids grow up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I feel like there will always be those voices in sports that are like, you're not a man if you're not straight and pursuing women essentially. Oh, I feel like I've gotten us so off track. Ad break, yes. Well, do we want to like get back on track by taking a little break? You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I think so. Oh my gosh, my mind is whirling with so many things. Yeah, well, this could be like a five-parter, unfortunately. And I'm so sorry, you guys. I'm going to have to like... I know, you only have 25 minutes, so let's get... Well, and this call, it's a board of ed call, and it is now starting at 1.15. Oh, shit. So you have 15 minutes. Yeah, that was the call that I got. Yeah, but you guys can keep going without me. All right. Well... You're the only one that knows about Torino, though. No, I just showed you Torino. Now you know. Well, okay. okay. So do you want <laughs> Sydney? Maybe this it's could like, be a two-parter. Like... And we could... Oh, we have oh, too we many have... two-parters already. I know. Well, maybe we could just end with how, like, shittily awful that image was. Maybe we could end... We'll yeah. really quickly end with... The Players Association in England. No, the bad. We'll do the bad and the good. Okay. 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 All right. Okay, do we want to come back and then do that real quick? Yeah. Go, Jesse. Go. Okay. Okay. So we're going to end with the bad, the good, and then you guys are going to have to come up with an ugly because I 
we need threes. So while I do, <laughs> while I do the bad, <laughs> um, quickly think of an ugly. Okay. Um, and it can't be Nicolas Otamendi's facial hair because I've done that before. Okay. So, oh no, it could be, it could be Dejan Lovren. Just use him as an ugly. Okay, great. We've got it. Okay, here we go. Recap. The bad, the good, and the ugly. Okay, here's the bad. Ugh. Torino's English account tweeted out this. I don't, what, all of us need to pick an adjective. I'm going to use. Uh, um, uh, horrific? Yes. <laughs> nope, I used oh, it first. Then I'm going to use. What the fuck? Are you fucking kidding me? Awful. <laughs> Kirsten. What? I just jumped back into this while I was looking at Leverin. What it? Oh no, we'll get to Leverin. What did you? He's terrible. Just a bad adjective for what me? Torino did. Uh, we need an adjective, an adjective an a- to describe that Torino picture. <laughs> Offensive. Okay, great. So they tweeted out this picture. It, they tweeted out a, a a thing, a picture, and the caption was "Black Lives Matter." And the photo is Nkulu, after he scored, kneeling with his head on his fist in front of, and I'm sorry, player, but I don't know you, a white player. White dude. White dude. That's all we need. White standing, white. looking down at him. So the image that went by the social media people I'm assuming there's more than one of you who chose to post this and then chose to keep it up while all of Twitter, including me, was screaming at you, was a black man kneeling with his head down to a white man with the caption, Black Lives Matter. Now, Torino, I don't know how to say this is stupid and terrible and offensive and wrong. Take this photo down in Italian. But since it's your English account, I don't have to. So just trust me when I tell you that this is stupid and bad and offensive and terrible and you should take this down. So that's the bad. And the point is, it's still up. It is oh, it's, the 22nd. And everybody should tell them that. So yeah, feel free. Okay. who We will link to it. Who wants to do the good? I think Megan does. Okay. Megan, tell us about the... Players Association um, and Wes Morgan and Troy Deeney. <laughs> um, so the Premier League Players Association um, organized and um, got Black Lives Matter written on the back of, I believe it was every team Every shirt? single team shirt had Black Lives Matter on the back and NHS on the front. That was incredible. Yeah. Um. I didn't even see the NHS part, but that's awesome. Um, and then they also did everyone kneel, or was it just specific players? I believe teams who like everybody could, and most mm-hmm. did. Mm-hmm. So I am sorry, my streams, a, a number of them didn't start until the match actually kicked mm-hmm. off. But I saw um, the the entire Liverpool both sides um, kneeled. Um, the Arsenal match, both sides kneeled the Tottenham match. So everybody, I sorry, to, I should have made that a little shorter. Every match that I was able to see that part of, um, everybody kneeled. 
and some fists were raised. And I think what, what's important is not only that this was player organized and led, but league supported. Yeah, yeah. Which is something we really haven't seen in the past, as far as I know. Because um, I, I, I feel like even if you compare it to what we talked about at the beginning with the Bundesliga, it was like the players did it. And from what I understand, they didn't have clearance beforehand. And oh, so it was didn't. kind of... I didn't know that. Yeah, the, I what, think it took the, the league like four it. days to decide that they weren't going yeah, to be penalized. They had to decide that they weren't going to penalize people. Yeah, so this was something that they that all of the league, from players to clubs to federation, basically you know, gave the impression um, to the fans, to children watching, that they they were united in saying that Black Lives Matter, and and yes, I think as we have said, there is so much more work to do. There are actions to take. There are you know um, action plans to make, but that is something that is really important and powerful and a great first step. And I think Musa wrote that he that some racist you know parent watching at home. He was really excited for their kid to ask them like, why. Why is, you know, Jordan Henderson, Where why is his name Black Lives Matter and for that conversation? <laughs> but that is to say that how yeah. great is it that there are conversations opened then? You know, that's a great pathway to conversation with your kids if you're watching those matches. Like, have yeah. those, you know, like if you don't know how to start, there's your start. There's your opener. Right? Like, oh, wow, isn't Arsenal playing terribly? But let's talk about their shirts like there you are there you go yeah yeah okay let's do the ugly it's okay, it's yeah, Dejan Lovren Lovren yes I can't find what is I mean I know Lovren as a horrible racist after his uh remarks about Serbians but I oh it's so much more than did. that <laughs> so oh, wait, wait. just May he's just falling into Lovren teacher Twitter account following several other accounts, among whom was the account of the controversial president of the United States, Donald Trump. Yes, and he just keeps One liking and posting Breitbart. Was the first tweet Loverton had liked on the pro platform. On June 21st, 2020, Loverton liked a string of Trump's tweets about the Tulsa rally. Hey, wasn't Lovren one of the ones singing the anti-Serbian song? Yeah. After Croatia beat Serbia or something like that, he was one of the ones who participated in a particularly racist song involving killing Serbs. So it's not unexpected. So it really isn't. No. Anyway, Dejan, news for you. Trump hates you too. Yeah, probably. <laughs> you're, you're not allowed to come to the US, I'm sure. He just hasn't gotten around to disinviting you personally. <laughs> yeah. It's a very long list. Yeah. <laughs> and L is in the he middle of the alphabet. Keeps getting stuck on yeah. 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 Anyway, that's that. Is it? Are we done? 
Well, you guys should keep going. No, you can. Let's just end it with you running off. Oh, well, all right. Um, okay. Positive. Uh, something positive. Okay, well, um, Sue Bird and Megan Rapino E hosted the SPs and it was phenomenal and wonderful and they wore t-shirts with each other's faces on them and it was great and I loved it. Aww. Yeah. And I'll send Megan the tweet so we could post to that too. Because yeah. it's a delight. Okay. Okay. My good thing. Can you see this? Is I got a new tattoo. <gasps> I love that. <laughs> Very spontaneous. It's not an unusual efforts tattoo. Next because time. Because we're doing that. Because, yeah, because Jesse and I are getting those done together. Whether, whether she, she knows it or oh, not. Oh, I'm... I, um, <laughs> I'm sorry. We have to link to the Patreon. have to give us enough money for this to happen. Yes. Patreon link. But to do that, we are halfway there on the Patreon. We will not be using Patreon money for the tattoos. Right, exactly. However. But we will be going to uh, black and women-owned tattoo parlors. I already have a list. Yes. Yes. So, um, that is your goal. I will post a picture of my tattoo just to be extra about it. Um, And, Kirsten, what is your good thing? Is just to be extra about it a... Gen Y expression. I have never heard this in my life. You've never heard to be extra? Oh, even I know that one. Oh, well, I'm sheltered in my little Serbia apartment. Megan, your next spreadsheet, your spreadsheet is going to be making a list of youth slang. Yes, we need it. Except I'm now out of youth slang because... Oh, you are not. You're still JY. Uh, All right. I have one minute. So Okay, so I need to say something? Yes. Yes. My good thing is that Gladbach won and they're back in the top four because... This is worth a fucking hell. Napoli beat Juventus in the Copa Italia!